Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Just when I finish my to-do list. We need more chips, Mom. Honey, I need a lot of chicken. Something else comes up. That's when I use Instacart to help get everything we need from BJ's Wholesale Club. Delivered right to our door in as fast as one hour. And then finally I can relax. Mom, I think we're out of toilet paper. Time for another BJ's order. Download the Instacart app or visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first order. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Just a friendly reminder, CCR Weekly is a variety show where we will talk about the news that is currently going on as well as topics in the Bible that people really want to know about. If you are here just for the Bible topic, I completely understand. However, I do ask that you be patient with us as we get through the news because we are watchmen on the wall and Jesus commanded us to watch and that is what we want to help you do as well so we will get to the biblical topic but we are going to save that for last as it is the most crucial and important topic that we have thank you so much for all your support and your patience and we look forward to hearing from you in our live chat god bless you all and we'll talk to you real soon Never forget that none of us can go through this walk alone. We are a body, and as a body, we just want to say thank you to every single one of you that tune in every week to watch us both live and after the fact. And we also want to give a huge shout out to friends of ours that are so encouraging and can help you in your walk as well. So make sure you guys check out shakeandwakeradio.com, nystv.org, truthradioshow.com. And if you want to delve deep into the doctrine of Christ and what it is, we highly recommend you check out the doctrine of Christ series on the Jimmy Vision YouTube channel and you can find the link to their website in their show notes as well tons of resources for you at all of these places make sure you guys check out fojcradio.com for tons of stuff that just delves into the Bible front to back and they have tons of resources that can help you as well thank you so much for all your support And God bless every single one of you.
for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, di secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted, and approved. Not average, not mediocre. I am a child of the most high. What's wrong with you people? Because God broke the law for love. Heresy. Destroy it. You are not accountable to the Ten Commandments. You're not accountable to the Jewish law. We're done with that. God has done something new. Besides, yeah, no. Um... Are you stupid or something? There's a reason we're losing this culture war. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God speak. So that's our very first question. What, what is the doctrine of Christ? The doctrine of Christ is that which Jesus taught. It's the red letters. But shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of CCR Weekly. My name is Trey Harris. If you are new, thank you for joining us. So this is a, uh, in my opinion, a very unique show where we will both look at uh, what is going on in the world. Um, and we're going to, you know, break that down with the Word of God. And that is actually what I'm working on right now. I just realized that I accidentally switched over because as I'm recording this, I have another show with Dan coming up. And so I've got one set up, an OBS thing set up for that. And I realized I don't have my camera over here. So let me add that real quick and we will go from there. Uh-oh. There we go. All right. Yeah, everything's freezing up a little bit. So I apologize about that. Um, yeah, we've got everything wide open today. That's why. So, let's see. There we go. All right, I got that. So, give me just a second. I'm going to pull that over here where it is right beside it. Yep, right just like that. And we are, give me, I'm sorry, guys. Everything is a mess tonight. So, I am going to just pull up Bible Gateway. That way you guys can read along with me. Um, if I can get my keyboard to work right, my goodness. 
So let's see. I don't know what I have done here. Um, let's do it this way. Sorry guys, I got the dog in here with me and she just bumped my table. And that button is so sensitive. Alright, let's see. I don't know what is going on here. So what we're going to do is we're going to back out of that. Back out of this one. Back out of this one. And let's try this again. Alright, this is not going well at all. Um... Not sure what is happening here. There we go. Finally. All right. Man, this thing is giving me a fit tonight, guys. I'm sorry. Um, all right. I want to come over here to Bible Gateway. We're going to start with um, the verses that I want to talk about tonight. Um, goodness, goodness, goodness. And I, you know, I want to make sure we know it's very clear why we do what we do here at Course Correction Radio, because, and look, I get it, some people just don't understand the motivation behind having a show like this. And I'm going to do my best to try to break it down to make sure that, you know, maybe newcomers, not so much newcomers to the channel, but, you know, people that don't understand the the concept of operating outside of a traditional church setting. Um... And, I mean, to be quite honest, you can't, you can't explain that to somebody. They either get it or they don't. Um, and, you know, that's not, you know, we're not, we're not talking badly about you. You just, unless the, unless the Father puts that on your heart to where you see the way that churches are going. And it's not just these 501c3 mega churches. It's... It's it, it's it's modern Christianity in general. There are still good churches out there, but maybe they're uh, you know whether it's the pagan holidays or maybe they're getting caught up in their liturgy so much that sometimes you can get so caught up in your ceremony that you have hidden God from yourself. That's what happened to the Pharisees, and you say, well, we've done this for thousands of years. Church history says this, 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 and this. Yeah, but so did Pharisaical history. For hundreds of years, they had done the same thing, and when Jesus came, matter of fact, let's start there. Let's start with Mark chapter 7. All right, I'm going to switch this over so hopefully you guys can see what's going on over here. All right, so this is what it says. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say with unwashing hands, they found fault. <coughs> For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. Now, I don't know how many of you are uh, uh, familiar with Nehemiah Gordon. 
Under normal circumstances, I would not talk about him or recommend him. He does not um, acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. Therefore, he cannot be a reliable source of biblical doctrine. But he did grow up in rabbinic Judaism, and he did make a great point. Um, he is now a Karaite Jew, which means they just they only follow... Yep, there it is. So, a Karaite Jew, for those of you who may not know, this is the Tanakh, which is just the Hebrew Bible. Um, this is both English and Hebrew, as you can see. And what this is, is this is based off of the Biblia Hebraica Stuttgartensia, which I have over here. Uh, it's a little bit farther out of the way which is basically a facsimile copy of the Leningrad Codex. It's not the same, not even the same manuscript that the King James Version was based off of. Slightly different. Um, and if you look at the Leningrad Codex, it's big rabbit hole there. We won't go into that. But basically, what they do is the Karaites will only follow what is written down in the words of the Old Testament. You know, they've, they've gotten a little off on some wonky traditions, too, because they don't have the doctrine of Christ to guide them. But basically, to getting back to Nehemiah Gordon, he, he, he would show how um, what that meant. You know, he would walk you through the ritual of how the Talmud, how the rabbis say you have to wash your hands. And it, it is a weird, weird thing. You can actually read that in the Mishnah in the Talmud, um, you can read those things. But here, let's go on with the text. So they with unwashing hands for the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands off. This is a ritualistic washing. Eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not, and many other things there be which they have received to hold, as the washing of cups and pots and brazen vessels and of tables. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders? But eat bread with unwashing hands. And he answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, for the laying aside of the commandment of God, laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men and the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. Why do we do what we do here at Course Correction Radio? Because we have noticed at just reading the Bible by ourselves. You know, some of you may not realize this because of the way that our world is now and the way that everybody, it seems like every quote pastor um, 
you know, there's a few that aren't, but most of them are like, oh, I went to seminary here, and I studied under this elder and this elder and this elder, and I really learned things from them. But when I look at the apostles that Jesus handpicked out, they were fishermen, they were tax collectors. Guess what? Not a single one of them had a theological degree save Paul, who was a, a it was uh, for all intents and purposes, he never says this in the scripture, but when you understand his pedigree as a Pharisee, Paul was a rabbi. And what did Peter say about Paul? He said Paul's words were so hard to understand, and some twisted it to their own destruction. See, when you start adding in all of this theological mumbo-jumbo, it confuses people. Spurgeon would tell the pastors and the evangelists that he taught to keep things simple and not use big theological words because it confused people. See, this was part of the problem with the Pharisees is the Pharisees always wanted to, um, they, uh, you know, they wanted everything to be, um, you know, pomp, circumstance, you know, they, they wanted to show people how learned they were. And look, I'm not knocking you if you went to fair, if you went to, if you went to Pharisee school, um, <laughs> if you went to seminary, um, but what I am saying is that people cannot assume, well, uh, what gives, you know, what gives anybody the right to do anything? You know, people look at uh, guys like myself, um, and it, look, this isn't about me. This is about people who have picked up the word and they have a burden to try to reach out to people and correct what they see wrong. And people just look at them like they're not qualified because they didn't go to seminary or they don't have the pedigree or they're not an ordained elder in the church. Guess what? I don't know what Bible you guys are reading. Yes, there were elders ordained in the church, and I don't know if some of you realize this, but I have been commissioned by a body to do what I'm doing. I have had my hand, hands laid on me and commissioned to do this very thing. Why do I do what I do? Because this is what God has called me to do. Why did he pick me? I have no idea. All I know is I was willing, I saw something wrong, and I prayed to be to be giving something that I could do to help correct the mess that I see. And God, for whatever reason, allowed me to do that. If I mean, you know, if 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 people don't like what I do, that's fine. You don't have to like this. But you do, if you don't like it, you do have to take that up with God. You, you just, that's the way it is. Um, so, I just, I wanted to get that out of the way. That's really been a burden on my heart um, lately. I want to make sure people know why specifically it is that I do what I do here is because I want to... I want to see as many people get on the right path as possible. And you may be watching this and you ask, well, how do you know what the right path is? The right path is here. The right path is right here in this book, in this, this Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, the right path is in there. All I want you to do is when you watch this show, open your Bible and read it for yourself. I don't want you to find fancy pastors and, you know, I don't want you to think, oh, hey, you know, look, if you like what I say, great. But it isn't about what I say. At the end of the day, it's about are you digging into your word? 
And we're going to do a little bit of that today on today's show. Um, you know, we're going to do some of the things we always do. We're going to be looking at some of the stuff going on in modern Christianity, and we're going to be giving commentary and, you know, uh, you know what, what we think biblically should be done. So um, let's go here. Cool. All right, and so with this, as you saw, that was our old school apostate report opener. We haven't done one of those in a while, and today what we will be talking about is not so much, um, at least I hope not, we're not going to be looking at so much apostasy, but we are going to be looking about a pastor who was recently disqualified from the ministry, and first of all, let me just say that this is heartbreaking, and that nobody should take rejoicing in whether you like him or not. I personally do not like this pastor. Um, I've seen a lot of red flags. I've seen, um, I mean, I've seen a lot of problems. But I am nevertheless heartbroken because, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 says that we should not rejoice in iniquity. And that's exactly what this is. And anybody who has had a new spirit from the Lord Jesus should just be distraught by what we're going to talk about. And so let me... Let's pull this up. So um, if you've listened to the news show, we talked about this a little bit, but basically J.D. Hall, who is a pastor in Sydney, Montana. Um, it's recently come out that he's been disqualified from the ministry. And um, this article right here gives the reason as to why. And a lot of people will think this is gossip, but this isn't gossip. This is, this is a warning of the, the pitfalls that can so easily be fallen into. Um, let's read this. So, Christian critic J.D. Hall was abusing Xanax, church reveals, after pastor's removal. So, leaders of, uh, leaders of Fellowship Baptist Church in Sydney, Montana, revealed that their pastor, Jordan Daniel, J.D. Hall, has been abusing the prescription drug Xanax after news broke that the church had removed him from ministry. In a statement released Monday, church officials said that several days following on the, a June 5th incident, um, it came to the attention of church leadership that our lead pastor, as a quote, Quote, it came to the attention of church leadership that our lead pastor, Jordan Hall, has fallen into a dependency upon prescription alprozolam, or Xanax, characterized by use that exceeded his prescribed dosage. Details of the June 5th incident were not shared. Xanax, the most prescribed psychiatric medication in the United States, is generally used to treat anxiety disorders and anxiety caused by depression. The drug is also 
quote, extremely addictive when used long-term, end quote. According, and that's according to the Addiction Center. Church officials said once the discovery was made, Pastor Hall tendered his resignation from the pastorate shortly thereafter on June 8th under the assumption that he had become disqualified from eldership as detailed in 1 Timothy 3. And, of course, what they're talking about there is, um, you know, there's a part in 1 Timothy 3 where it says that the elder or the overseer, literally the episcopal, um, what, what is that word? I've got it right here. Um, the, um, the episcopos. That's where we get our word episcopal. The episcopos, literally the overseer is what that word means, um, you know, should not be given to wine. Um, some of the more modern, in my opinion, apostate translations say addicted to wine. Basically, you know, the, the, uh, general equity there would be, you know, should not be prone to substance abuse. Um, but, you know, it says, uh, Fellowship Baptist Church subsequently voted to accept his resignation. Hall, known for his scathing criticisms of Christian leaders on his now defunct polemics website, Pulpen Pen, more recently, Protestia, has all also been axed from those ministries, Protestia announced in a statement on Sunday. Fellowship Baptist Church leaders made it clear in their statement Monday that they were unaware that the pastor was struggling with a drug dependency when they rejected his offer to resign on May 14th. That's when he originally. Um, so the article goes on to talk about he had a DUI arrest and a weapons charge, basically. Well, he failed a field sobriety test and had a concealed weapon on him, which is um, a crime, you know, when you're under the influence, um, at least in Montana. I don't know about everywhere. Um, in its statement, so you, you guys can read more about that if you're interested. Uh, I'll try to leave a link in the description. But those of you who have been watching this show for a while will know that we used to use Protestia on the Postate Report frequently. Um, and then I, I had come, uh, I become aware of a couple of things as far as with J.D. Hall specifically, and I had stopped using it. So as a matter of fact, we're going to come here, and I'm going to basically show you why I stopped using Protestia. So, this was the main reason right here. So, I'm going to play this. I'm going to play bits and pieces of this. And then I'm going to show you another video. So, because, let me read that scripture real quick. I won't pull it up on the screen. But I do want to read it. And so, it is in Proverbs chapter 18. <coughs> and, if I can ever get over there. And this is what it says. All right, I am having a hard time finding it. All right, let me just do it this way. Um, sometimes I am on it with this remembering specifically where the scripture's at, and then sometimes I can only remember 
the chapter, which kind of makes it hard sometimes. Um, let's see. All right. Maybe if I have it on bigger words, it'll be easier to find. All right. Goodness gracious. Unbelievable. I was right there and I couldn't see it. Um, so basically it's Proverbs eighteen seventeen, And this is what it says. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. And it says, "He that is first in his own and he that is first in his own cause seemeth just, but his neighbor cometh and searcheth him." Um so basically, you know, um Oh, 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 alright. Stay cool this summer with AC Pro and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get a $15 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate with the purchase of select AC Pro ready-to-use refrigerant products that include a hose and gauge. Beat the heat before you hit the road with AC Pro at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I mean, it is what it says it is, you know. You seem right. So one person seems right until, you know, somebody else comes and basically, you know, they give their side. You know, they really they really question it, and it's examined. And, you know, until you examine it, I mean, things can make sense. So that's what we're going to do. Um, let's come here. Jeff Durbin's Secret Recordings and Apologia Church. I believe this Seth, is all you, brother. Tim. This wasn't my article. This was Seth's. So go for it, Seth. Okay. Give me just a little time to set up Apologia Church and Jeff Durbin for you. So before I wrote this article, and this article is about Jeff Durbin recording penitent sinners and then using those recordings later to his advantage. By the way, he did not tell them he was recording them. So you can deal with the ethics of that on your own. I tried to talk to Jeff Durbin. I texted him to say, hey, can I talk to you about these accusations before I write the article? He refused to talk to me 
unless it could be in the presence of the elders of my local church. And as I, I don't know if the newspaper calls you, if the Arizona newspaper calls you, Jeff, does, do you have to, do you have to get their church elders? They, they, they might not even be Christians. So he, he has to put it in like his court because he knows I'm not going to do this. And I didn't fine. You're not going to talk to me. I emailed James White, who was coming to Atlanta. He was going to be in the G3 conference that year. And I was going to be at the airport at the same time he was going to be at the airport because the G3 conference is near the airport. And I said, James, come to dinner with me. Let's talk about this. I know you're the scholar in residence at, at Apologia Church. Now, you know, I, before I wrote this article, I, I attempted to talk to James White. He would not meet with me. So Jeff Durbin would not meet with me under reason. I just realized my volume was way down, so y'all probably could not hear that. So I'm going to start that over real quick. Jeff Durbin's secret recordings and Apologia Church. I believe this Seth, is Seth. All you, brother Tim. This wasn't my article. This was Seth's. So go for it, Seth. Okay, give me just a little time to set up Apologia Church and Jeff Durbin for you. So before I wrote this article, and this article is about Jeff Durbin recording penitent sinners and then using those recordings later to his advantage by the way he did not tell them he was recording them so you can deal with the ethics of that on your own i tried to talk to jeff durbin i texted him to say hey can i talk to you about these accusations before i write the article he refused to talk to me unless it could be in the presence of the elders of my local church and as i, I don't know if the newspaper calls you if the arizona newspaper calls you jeff does do you have to do you have to get their church elders? They, they, they might not even be Christians. So he, he has to put it in like his court because he knows I'm not going to do this. And I didn't. Fine. You're not going to talk to me. I emailed James White, who was coming to Atlanta. He was going to be in the G3 conference that year. And I was going to be at the airport at the same time he was going to be at the airport because the G3 conference is near the airport. And I said, James, come to dinner with me. Let's talk about this. I know you're the scholar in residence at, at Apologia Church now. You know, I, before I wrote this article, I attempted to talk to James White. He would not meet with me. So Jeff Durbin would not meet with me under reasonable circumstances or talk to me. James White would not meet with me in person before I wrote this article. So here's the article. Here, here's what happens. Tim Hurd was criticizing – uh, Jeff Durbin's uh, evangelism technique. So Jeff Durbin is one of these people who films himself evangelizing people and then puts it on YouTube for other people to watch, and then they can donate money to him. So that's that's a revenue stream for him. Watch me, watch me evangelize somebody. Hey, watch this. And Tim was criticizing Jeff Durbin's methodology, and I, I don't remember the critic the critique because I, I, I didn't even listen to it quite frankly. But it was something along the lines of Jeff, to, you know, Jeff went down this thirty minute presuppositional thing before he shared the gospel. He should share the gospel faster. So that was Tim's criticism. Which, on the to, be, to be fair, I think my 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 thought at the time was I, I didn't care. Yeah, I mean. You, who cares? I mean, I'm glad he's out there evangelizing somebody. I'm not going to you know, go out there and evangelize people. You know, right. Somebody's evangelizing. That was, that, was never, that was never our issue. Yeah, not our issue at all. And Tim may have been drafting on him. So what you see a lot in, in the, the internet Christian world is what I call drafting. Like in, in NASCAR, when the car gets up behind somebody and they both go the same speed, in, in Christian world, if you write a negative article about somebody big time, like a John MacArthur or a James White, you're drafting. Because, oh, oh, you're talking about James White. Now I'm going to read your thing. Now I'm going to listen to your program. So in fairness, Tim... And that's probably what I'll be accused of uh, for doing this, but that's fine. I promise the only reason that I am doing this for the naysayers is I want to show what, you know, how we as the body of Christ uh, should deal with things like this. I'm going to give you a biblical breakdown of what I see wrong on both sides here. Um, maybe not. Maybe that's not the fairest way to say it, but you know, a warning of how to of how we can avoid things like this. 
um, and why I think things like this are happening. That's the better way to put it. So forgive me, I misspoke the first time. I'm going to show you biblically why, um, or biblically how we can avoid uh, things like this. If we would all just listen to this Bible text, things like this could be avoided. Tim could have been drafted Jeff Durbin. Right? And all of a sudden, this video comes out on YouTube, and it's a recording of Tim Hurd talking to Jeff Durbin and apologizing to him for some other critique that he'd done in the past. So Tim had critiqued uh, Jeff Durbin in a different way in the past, and he said, you know what? I was wrong. So he called and apologized to Jeff, Dur Jeff Durbin and said, you know, forgive me. I'm sorry. Unbeknownst to Tim, Jeff Durbin taped that conversation. And then after – yeah, and then after Tim did this critique on Jeff Durbin you know, taking too long to get to the gospel, an anonymous YouTube video came out of Tim apologizing to Jeff. And then the gist of it was like, look at Tim Hurd, this wicked guy. He he'd apologized to Jeff Durbin already. He apologized and, once, and that was and taken he, as yeah. – he, he can never yeah. criticize me again. Yeah, and, and again, this video did not come out on the Apology, Apology Studios page at first, and it's a very popular page, very popular right. so YouTube this site. Is, I remember this because this is right when I was first started to work with you guys. It, it was an, an anonymous YouTube channel, right? Like a new one put up just for the purpose of doxing mm -hmm. Tim Hurd with this secret recording, right? Yeah. So Tim clutches his pearls. He's upset and does a podcast about it. Well, when he said that that Jeff Durbin did this to me, it didn't take long for other people to start saying, hey, Jeff Durbin did this to me. So, oh, Bill Cosby slipped you a Quaalude? Oh, he, he slipped me a Quaalude too. So Je I, I talked to several people, three distinct people. All right, we're just going to leave it there because um, this is – I'm going to show you the address of that now. This second one hasn't been addressed, but you can. I'm going to leave the link so you can watch all of this stuff if – if you want to, I mean, you know, I mean, some of you may not even be interested in this, and I don't blame you, but um, I do want to show just how, basically, I, I want you to follow my, follow my train of thought here, you know, um, um, you know, not that one. Um, basically, what I want us to do is I really want us to examine um, if. You know this 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 situation. You know could have been avoided, and you know maybe some of the signs that people need to look for to really step in and say, "Hey, you know, let's get some biblical counseling going on." Things like that. You know, this is basically we're, all we're trying to do here is we're trying to learn from you know very public mistakes so we can take them, apply them to our own lives. Look at what the scripture says and try to avoid them. That's it. Um, so this is Jeff Durbin at Apologia Studios, and this is special, responding to false witness. Now, this is in regards to Tim Hurd, and this let's just watch this. Your lies and attempting to try to have this next. It's hard for having to do this to ask this man for his pastor's information in local church because this is my team. So in February. Uh, but we've been doing this ministry together for over higher standards and a higher commitment to wisdom. Receive no accusation against an elder unless it's on the basis of two to three. No, it's it's the standard. Sorry, guys, I'm trying uh, to get back of justice, to this. Setting up Christian standards and those sorts of things. Uh, of course, um, well, let me. One who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Proverbs 18, 17, powerful section of scripture, uh, very important uh, section of scripture and 
uh, section of scripture that did a lot to bless the church in history uh, in terms of justice and setting up Christian standards and those sorts of things. Uh, of course, um, well, let me go do the introduction. I'm Pastor Jeff Durbin. That's Pastor Luke Pearson. What's up? Pastor James White, elders at Apologia Church, and um, welcome to Apologia Radio. Uh, an unfortunate episode of Apologia Radio, mm-hmm. uh, I must say. Uh, I want to first, well, let me just let me, let me give one other example before we start here. Uh, besides Proverbs 18, 17, and a biblical standard of um, a person's case sounding right and true until another one comes to examine them. There's, of course, running throughout scripture from the Old Testament throughout the New, it's, it's the standard unchanged. And that is uh, seen in, of course, the Apostle Paul to Timothy, received no accusation against an elder unless it's on the basis of two to three witnesses. Biblical standards of justice, biblical standards of accusations and charges against others um, are very, very important in this world, especially in the, the age of the internet we live where slander is so easily dropped and people just assume it's truth because, hey, someone said it. Mm. Uh, mm. Christians are supposed to have higher standards and a higher commitment to wisdom, godly wisdom, and biblical truth. God commands his people in his holy law from the beginning uh, to, have ju- to have equal weights and measures, to uphold standards of justice. And that means that in God's law, there are standards concerning receiving accusations, bringing charges against people, and there must be two to three independent lines of witness, evidence, testimony. Of course, that again is from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I'll just say a quick little thing here. It's a really amazing history. We've done some shows on this about um, how when the Bible was translated into English, how that began to create so much blessing and fruit in society and culture where people who were being abused in the judicial system were reading in their Bibles. Wait a second. This teaches that I have the right as a victim to be assumed to be innocent, right? Not to, not to be assumed guilty and then have to prove my innocence. And this also says that you have to have witnesses, and I don't have to testify against myself. So the word of God and God's judicial standards and standards of justice and, and receiving accusations brought great blessing that you and I are still experiencing today in the world around us. I'm going to bring this from the world to the church for a second, okay? So you look at the world today. I'm saying particularly North America, say the United States of America, we have uh, an amazing thing, the Bill of Rights. Mm. Where do you think that came from, brothers and sisters? Out of the sky? <laughs> came from the word of God. The, the assumption of innocence, the fact that you have to have a warrant uh, to, to do searches and seizures, uh, you have to have evidence before a judge to produce, before that can be received as an accusation. You know, all those standards come from scripture. And also the whole thing of the court today we have where witnesses can be brought forth. By the way, I will say this, just because you have two to three witnesses doesn't mean they're telling the truth. There mm-hmm. were multiple witnesses brought up against Jesus at his trial and they were lying. So, but, but we have today in the court system because of scripture, cross-examination. That itself is a biblical standard, cross-examination. And so, <clears throat> I want to apologize. I've been talking to the elders the last couple of days, and I want to apologize to our viewers and our listeners. I just want to be transparent with you all here, very, very transparent and honest. We don't have hard discussions like this often, but um, we have to now. Pastor Luke and I have been pastoring this church for... Um, Almost re- 10 years. Yeah, yeah, 10-year anniversary in February, uh, but we've been doing this ministry together for over 10 years, and we will tell you, and our history testifies to this, that we have not wanted to use Apologia Studios' platform for what we're going to do today, and that is expose somebody's slander, expose somebody's lies. We're going to provide irrefutable, incontrovertible proof and facts, um, and I just want to apologize ahead of time. I do. I want to say I'm sorry that we have to do this. I'm sorry we're in this position. But we've come to the point after about five years, almost five years of slander, misrepresentation, false witness, lies, um, and abuse. We've been abused. We've been victimized for uh, going on five years now by a particular individual. We've come to the point where we have to actually now respond, and we're going to respond with the proof, with the evidence. And I just want to say again, I'm sorry. This channel has been about preaching the gospel, reaching the cults. It has been about teaching the people of God, spreading the good news, and it has been about saving children from death. That is what we want this channel to be about, and it will continue to be so. So again, I want to apologize before we go in today, today for the fact that we have to do today. It grieves me that I have to do it. And Pastor Luke, maybe you can sort of testify to that. How many times over the last decade we've, we've endured uh, slander from the cults or misrepresentation or false witness, and what, what has been our pattern every, every time? We don't respond. Yeah. We ignore it. Um, yeah, and the only time... We were talking about this just before we started. The only time we've actually done anything like this on our show has been for a Mormon. Because <laughs> he was slanderous. But our interactions that, with, with yeah, the cults. Exactly. When it comes to professing yep. believers this who will slander, been. misrepresent, we've made it, a, 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 we're not going to use exactly. this channel or platform for the purpose of having sort of a mudslinging contest exactly. and character assassination and those sorts of things. So let me just say this to everybody who's watching this right now. Brother to brother, please. Um, I want to ask you for your love and graciousness today for a moment. Factions, yep. which is what Pastor Luke and I have wanted to avoid for so very long. Factions. This is my team right now. Hold to just weights and measures. Uphold God's standards right now. 
And I'm gonna encourage you to say, as you're listening to what we're saying here today, listen to the words themselves. Look at what we're gonna show you and apply God's standards of justice. We cannot, as Christians, abandon God's standards of righteousness and wisdom and justice because this is my team. This is not about factions. We want nothing to do with that. This is not about my team. This is about truth. And again, this is a five-year, in this particular case, it's going on a five-year history in about February of next year, a five-year history of abuse of us, lies, and slander. And we wanted to say at the outset to everybody who's listening who now has sort of heard some of this stuff coming from this gentleman, um, it's a five-year history, and um, we tried our very best for five years to keep it quiet. We've kept this man's secrets for the duration. Um, we tried to actually have this settled privately through the local church context. We believe that's God's methodology and institution to handle sorts of things, these sorts of things, like misrepresentation, false witness, those sorts of things. I want to make it very clear, the man who has sinned against us um, for going on five years um, is not a member of Apologia Church. He is not under my care. I am not his pastor. Let me just say that one more time again because it's been used as, a, it's been weaponized, the fact that we're pastors and this man sinned against us and he confessed his sin and we, of course, everyone knows about it now. Um, we are not his clergy. Um, he is not a penitent member of Apologia Church. Um, I am not his pastor. This is a man who's abused us, lied about us, slandered, uh, slandered us. All right, so just to give some context, he's referring to the phone call now that they said that he recorded and um, that they put out. So just keep this in mind. Look, and look, here's the thing. You don't have to like Apologia Studios. I know um, Zach Bauer even just today released another thing from Coltish, which is another Apologia Studios podcast. Look, this isn't about that. This is about this is about getting to the bottom of, uh, you know, um, one man's erratic behavior and maybe why that was. Were there warning signs? And could some of this stuff have been avoided if maybe they were paying a little more attention? Um, could it have been avoided if maybe we didn't have, quote, pastors and overseers and elders, to use the biblical terms for these positions, taking on too much responsibility all at once? You know, that's why they're supposed to be elders in the church. Um, you know, but let's, so, you know, I just want to put all that aside. This isn't about, uh, this isn't about whether you agree with their theology or anything like that, because I think as many of you know, if it is a Sunday-going church, I probably have some disagreements with their theology. I mean, you can look right there on the screen, and they've got the pagan trinity sign, you know? A lot of people just don't think that's pagan, and a lot of people think, well, you know, um, you know I don't know what their mindset is, but they think there's a way you can basically baptize paganism, and you can't. Um, you know, these guys are post-millennials, um, that does affect your theology a little bit, and they believe we're going to Christianize the world, so why not go ahead and Christianize the symbols? I'm not saying that's why they did it, I'm saying that's the mindset behind some of these things. So anyway, let's go on. So they're talking about the phone call right now. For years, and we kept silent. Can I just ask everybody who's sort of listened to him lie over the last couple of days and in the past, can I ask you to hear that real fast? Please hear that point. We have not retaliated. Those years in the back where he was sinning against us perpetually, he confesses to doing so. He readily admits, yeah, I did. I lied. I purposefully misrepresented them. I was motivated by jealousy and pride. He says that he did. Can I just ask you to just hear this? All that time, we didn't, we didn't retaliate and fight back. We gave him mercy. So you're talking about a five-year history here, five years of us just receiving abuse, slander, lies, those sorts of things, and us not retaliating against this man and trying to do it privately. Can I just stress that? We tried to do this privately about five years ago. We've tried to do this privately even last week. This man has refused, refused to allow this to be mediated by the local church context. I have asked this man for his pastor's information and local church information more times than I can ultimately remember or count here at the moment, and he has utterly refused to give it. This man has abused us, lied about it, and let me just say, and I'll let you guys join in here, Apologia Church. Uh, uh, 
Alright, so now basically all I want to do is show you, you know, we had these guys talking about things on the other thing, so this is the guy. I came to them. I don't think Durbin has ever come to me. Well, maybe he has. So, well, maybe, yeah. So, Tim, I want to say to you as a brother, you're lying. You know Tim started to say that the sack February... So here's the messages. I mean, my goodness. Called you out on the misrepresentation, and you And so I passed through it out. That double. Want to do and on the video last evening. They're taking him down. He saw it. He says if you take Tim, we've got. So here's more messages. So basically, all I want to say is we have one side bringing evidence, and then another side bringing hearsay. That's not how you run a news company. You don't run a news company. You don't run a polemics company. You especially do not run a Christian company on hearsay. Now, look, we've done things in the past where we went off. We judged somebody's motivations. I publicly repented of that and asked for forgiveness. That's great. Guess what? We can all move on from that now. And look, I'm not mad at anybody involved in this. I'm just saying that these are easy, slippery slopes to fall down in the day and age we live in. And I've got one more video to show you about um, J.D. Hall, and then we're going to move on. So let's just watch this one real quick, and then we're going to get to the scriptures. You are without excuse. God's judgment is upon you, and you know it. One day this will be recalled for you on the day of judgment. And God will lift his middle finger to you, sir. Why? Because you are nothing to God but an ant and an insect in need of repentance before a God who hangs you over fire like a spider on a web. And God will lift his middle finger to you, sir. And God will lift his middle finger to you, sir. And God will lift his middle finger to you, sir. Okay, so there's just so much fundamentally wrong with that statement. Um, first of all, God is a loving God, but he is a just God. Um, the middle finger implies malice. Um, you know, a malice that I don't think God has towards people. Um, definitely God hates sin. He hates it. To the point where if you are, if you have, you know... I mean, even the smallest white lie, the smallest thing you have stolen, if you die without repentance of that and the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ, you will be sent to hell for all eternity because God is a just God and he will not allow any sin, any sin within his presence. He cannot. It is a contrary to God's nature. Now, I need everybody to understand that because there is a way... There is a way to talk about God's wrath. There is a way to talk to sinners about how God is, um, you know, how God's wrath is going to be upon them if they don't repent of their sins. That is not the way to handle it. Um, and look, here's the only reason I show you guys this stuff. I just want to request prayer for the man. I want to request prayer for the guys that are involved with him, whether it's uh, Tim Hurd or, you know, any of these other guys that actually work at Protestia. Pray for these people. Pray for people like John Piper. Pray for people like John MacArthur. Pray for all of these people 
who are getting so caught up in this religious system and have all of this money tied into their doctrines that when they're called out for what they're, they've done wrong, they, they, they don't acknowledge it. They ignore it. They keep on going. I mean, we talked about John MacArthur, the abuse that has been covered up, you know, the allegations of covered up abuse, I should say, at his church. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there. Um, but, you know, just pray for these people. None of what we're doing does any good if we're not actively falling on our knees and praying for sinners to come to repentance. Because guess what, guys? We're all sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We are all in need of Christ's forgiveness. Christ has not forgiven future sins. People need to understand that. When you commit a sin, you have to repent of that sin. So, look, here's, here's basically, this is where I want to leave you with because I've got to hop off of here really soon for, f- to get started with Dan. So, um, let's see. First John 2. This is where we're going to go. My little children, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. We've talked multiple times about how sin is transgression of the law. That's 1 John 3, 4. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. The reason you're seeing so much of this stuff like I just showed you is because we have, as a whole, Christianity, as modern Christianity as a whole, we have such a contempt and such a, frankly, we're just, we, we have turned our backs on God's commandments. So he that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. That should convict every single one of us. Don't get mad at me. I didn't write it. The Holy Spirit wrote it through the Apostle John. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. And hereby we know we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he, Jesus, walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning, and a new commandment, or a different one. That's you gotta look at what the Greek words mean here. New is in something, you know, not like brand new that had never been seen before. Just, you know, do the word study. Um, I write unto you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. And I believe that was a lot of what we were dealing with, what we're dealing with here. Um, I could show you so many more clips, but the fact of the matter is, you know, I, I shouldn't have to. Um, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness, darkness hath blinded his eyes. Now, I believe a lot of what has happened with J.D. Hall, and look, I, I have... I've I've said my piece about about the situation over on our thirty three three news. I, I look. I believe these pitfalls can be so easy to fall into, 
But I, be, I really believe that the man was just, he admitted to not being, he didn't sleep a whole lot. Uh, you know, that can make you anxious. Needed something, he took this. But when you take these these narcotics like this, they have things, you know, different ones are different. But, you know, um, some of these have opioids. They, they mean, they literally have opium. Some have medical-grade heroin in them. You are opening yourself up to demonic influence when you do this. This is what the Bible calls pharmakia. And you will walk in darkness when you are you are influenced by this. Guys, you gotta, we've got to break these bonds of sin and re- fall on our knees and repent of our sins. Trust in Christ Jesus even after. So you say you've been saved. Great. I'm not, look, not my place to judge. I'll take anybody at their word for it. I mean, I'm, that's above my pay grade. But what I do know is that uh, sanctific- Christian sanctification is constant repentance and forgiveness and trying to walk after Christ. It is a daily battle, and First John 2 is a, such a great help. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But So we already re- wrote that, you know, about the brother in darkness. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the father. I mean... What a just what a beautiful book. I mean, the, every scripture is just such a blessing. But how do we avoid things like this? Number one, we break the bonds of the pharmacia sorcery. I mean, and it, there's just so many victims. Please, please pray for this man and for his family. This is just so devastating and so heartbreaking. But that and look, we pray for them because we love our brother. Look, love your brother. Avoid these factions like Jeff Durbin said. It's not about factions. It's not about I'm right, you're wrong. Because here's the thing. We're both wrong. The only thing that is right is the word of God. The only thing that will ever be right is the word of God. And as long as you stick with the word of God, you interpret it through the doctrine of Christ, then everything will be good. So, guys, I'm going to jump off of here. That's all I've got for today. I'm going to be going and recording with Dan. By the time you've seen this, that show's already come out, so I hope you guys enjoy it. And I will see you guys right here back next week on CCR Weekly. Y'all take care. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now 
read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word ABOVE to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text ABOVE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word ABOVE to 323232. Text ABOVE to 323232. 